comedy is therapeutic, but it's not therapy. I think the things we love that we do that we think keep us going and sane, they're therapeutic, but often they're not the solution. It's the parts that strengthen you after the show, after you do the things you love. That is the real therapy. That's the important stuff. I'm Lily Percy, and this is Creating Our Own Lives, cool for short, the podcast where I ask people to think through how they shape their lives, and hopefully by listening, we learn how to create our own. This season on Cool, we're talking about humor as a tool for survival. And this episode, I talk with one of my favorite comedians, Hari Kundabolu. Hari has a master's in human rights from the London School of Economics and worked as an immigrant rights organizer in Seattle, all while developing his voice and career as a stand-up comedian. You hear all of this in Hari's writing. His jokes tackle politics, race, gender, religion, and yet they never sound preachy. I learn something new about myself and the world every time that I listen to him. The way that I've been thinking about this, especially when it comes to your comedy, is how somehow you being so specific to the way you grew up and and your own kind of humor makes it so universal. There's something really wonderful about that. And I just wonder if I were to ask you about humor as a tool for survival, like what, what would you start to say about that? Oh, I mean, I learned that tool from my mom. Hmm. Like, my mom was a doctor in southern India in the 70s in her small town before that was a thing that could happen, right? She was a special person because, you know, she was a, a woman in that town who was educated and was in med school very young and, you know, was able to serve her community and do something she loved. And she lost all of that when uh, she got married and moved to America. And, you know, I think about that, and that's, that's really painful, not only to mm. leave everything you know and everything you love, but also to, to leave what you've, been, what you've dedicated your life to up to that point. And for her, throughout my childhood, like, she survived by making jokes. And my mom has a very dark sense of humor. I think part of that is because from pain, you have to find some way to survive. I mean, I think that's how I learned how to recycle pain. Like you take pain and you figure out how to use it again in some way that's positive, that makes you feel better and makes others feel good as well. Hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite jokes about your mom is when you say that you called her for Fourth of July and you said Happy Independence mm. Day. And she said, thanks, son, but I lost my independence 35 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's just so quick. And you know, some of it's just natural ability and some of it's like being in a family where they spoke – uh, English a lot, so that's why she's also quick in English, and also the fact that you know her father was funny and she was in that household. Um, but also some of it is like knowing how to cope. Hmm. And to me, I mean, that's still I think to, for a lot of us, and I can especially, I especially feel that it's a way that I've survived a lot of stuff. It's a way I've I've dealt with lots of painful and frustrating things. Um, I don't know. It keeps me. It keeps me sane in a way. I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I've been thinking about that. I've said that before. Because I'm starting to think about the fact that comedy is therapeutic, but it's not therapy. Hmm. I've been thinking a lot about that. I think the things we love that we do, that we think keep us going and sane, they're therapeutic, but often they're not the solution. Hmm. They're things that make life better. Therapy is a longer process. It's a continued process. It never ends. It's, it never <laughs> ends. And it's not, whether it's physical or, or, or mental, 
It's it's something you actively have to do. Me performing is therapeutic, and I if I get a rush from people, I'm taking things and I'm 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 writing them down and spinning them into something else to create laughter, and you know that's great. Yeah. But at the end of it, you know I've had many uh, a show where. I'm in a town I don't know, and I had a great show, and the show's over, and I'm back in my hotel room, and, it, you know, the adrenaline's gone, and I'm just like, I don't know where I am. I don't know anybody here. I have to wake up early to take another flight to another city where I don't know anybody. Yeah. I mean, that's not therapy, but the act <laughs> of performing is therapeutic, and it's the parts that strengthen you after the show, after you do the things you love, that that is the real therapy. That's the important stuff. Hmm. What I find amazing about your your mother's sense of humor, which reminds me so much of my mother's sense of humor, and so many immigrants um, uh, that I I know relate to to your humor because it's it's essentially that idea of you have to laugh, you have to make a joke out of it, otherwise you're just going to cry. It's just going to be too yeah. overwhelming. And yeah. I think about your humor, and I feel like so often I can hear you really wrestling and struggling with a lot of the topics that you're talking about, whether it's race, um, you know, feminisms, <laughs> like human rights. And I just wonder, um, what, what does humor give you in wrestling with these topics that you don't find anywhere else? I mean, it's a positive end to something that necessarily doesn't have a positive end. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. you you can analyze something and get down to what the core issue of a thing is, and it's not like by figuring out what's wrong systemically, what causes systemic oppression, you know, how, how come there are so many people in extreme poverty all over the world? You can get answers to that. And then what? Mm-hmm. Do you feel happy that you found the answers? No. You you have more information, <laughs> Yeah, but you're, there's still a degree of helplessness and the fact mm-hmm. that this is still awful. It's just now I know how specifically awful it is, you know. <laughs> exactly. With with comedy, there is a, there's a laugh at the end of it, which is amazing. I can still talk about all these things, and there is this positive release. Now, it doesn't solve anything necessarily— but at least it gives you something like, oh, that was worth talking about because I got a little you know, rush at the end of it because that was rough. You know, mm. that's important. And it also makes us feel like we're in it together. I don't know what it is about comedy. And I'm just thinking about when I when I watched you perform live, that feeling that we're all in this together. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, and I love the fact that my audiences are so diverse. And I don't just mean in terms of race, but religion, sexuality, gender, uh, age, I think it's important because how often are we in a space like that hmm. where we're all together in that space? That's rare. It's rare that we're, that, that range of people is sharing a space and sharing laughter together. I think that's that's really important. Also, I will say that for people who don't get their issues addressed uh, consistently, I think me being able to talk about things that upset me, I think that is cathartic for people and it's certainly cathartic for me to hear their responses like oh i'm not crazy these are experiences that other people are feeling as well and also for people who don't understand the laughter because their experiences are different and usually they're in the majority but in this particular place they're in the minority it's important to see other people have pure joy over something they don't get because it shows you that you know you know your truth isn't everyone else's truth and the truth of the majority is just that it's not everyone's truth 
Hmm. Something I remember you talking about in your interview with Terry Gross was um, how you had stopped making these jokes about God. And I'm really interested in, in has it continued to shape your own sense of spirituality humor? Um, hmm. And it's okay if it hasn't. I was really struck by no, that I'm, idea I'm of God. Think about that. I'm thinking about that question. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, and also it could very well be that telling jokes and making people laugh is your spiritual practice. No. No? <laughs> absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I will not. I, that's an easy one for me to say. Yeah. It has not brought me closer. To, if anything, it can be very painful because it's not saying that every time you go on stage— Every time I pray, I feel a sense of connection and calmness. When I perform, I don't get that. Mm-hmm. There are extreme emotions. There are extreme happiness or just the depression of how bad that show went. <laughs> the idea of my self-worth huh. is based on the reaction of others. That's not spiritual. That's sad. <laughs> it's, there's a reason why comedians yeah. are depicted as sad, you know, like... <laughs> It's not a spiritual practice. It's built in with ego in addition to like wanting to create something. I mean, I'm not going to be overly romantic about yeah. it. I know what it is. And yet when you Let's give not pretend. what you give to people, though, I mean, when I laugh, when I see someone really funny and I can't stop laughing, I feel like that spiritual high. Well, that's great for you because that's <laughs> not, you know... That's great. Christ <laughs> suffered so you could have spirituality. So I could laugh. But Buddha suffered so everyone else can learn from that example. You know, people go through pain to teach us a lesson. I mean, I don't. I th- I I don't see that. I think it's good for the soul to mm. laugh. Yeah. However, I uh, I don't see. I don't want to see comics as martyrs for that reason. <laughs> I think. I think it's healthy to laugh, but it doesn't, for the performer, it doesn't solve mm. everything. And it's so much bigger than the, those moments. Because again, there's, there's, a, there's a high and there's a low. And that low is pretty devastating when you're in a place you don't know and you're not making people laugh and you've built so much self-worth on others. Mm. And that's a big thing. The fact that it's not about yourself. It's not about self-discovery. It's not about you coming to terms with something. It's other people's reactions to you. How is that spirituality? <laughs> I'm going to leave that there then. <laughs> ah, it's a clear answer. I gave you a clear answer. I love it. <laughs> well, so I'm curious about um, so much of your comedy deals with these really difficult, complex issues of race and, and identity, ethnicity. And I wonder how it's helped you understand your own identity in the U.S., Hmm. I mean, certainly after 9-11, hmm. I mean, I uh, I was 19, I think. I was at Bowdoin College. That's where I went to school uh, up in Maine. Uh, I was born and raised in Queens. It happened in my city. And everything that came out of it was weird. Hmm. It wasn't just, you know, obviously the act of terrorism and the, the trauma of that. But the fact that there was all these claims that we were all united, and I knew damn well we weren't. Hmm. Because if we were united, why would there be hate crimes, you know, where your neighbors were getting killed after 9-11, the post-9-11 backlash? How come the government is targeting people and deporting people? How come these painful things are happening? And as a New Yorker, it's like, I am suffering as a New Yorker, and now I'm suffering as a person of color. And it's... um, you know that's a that's a heavy thing, and I, I 
started writing more personal things about those experiences. And it absolutely was a way to cope with some of it mm. because it was so irrational. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, just the idea, like even getting checked at an airport, the idea that I was a potential threat because of the way I looked, like it was so bizarre to shave before every flight. All these kids in college get to play with their facial hair. I'm growing a beard. I'm growing. You I can't can do that after 9 11. You'll be a target. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to. No, sir. I'm just screwing around with this mustache. You know, it's a handlebar mustache. No, you can't play around with that. No. Like, you, you, you have to. Those are little things you have to sacrifice. And they're small, but it's all based on the idea of it's for everyone else's safety. And that you are a potential threat and you need to accept that. Hmm. That's that's hard. And so learning to freely talk about difficult things to make people uncomfortable, because if there's a laugh at the end of the discomfort, it's it's very rewarding. And also comedy, my comedy isn't necessarily for everybody. What is something that is therapeutic to one person and is fun and uh, relief might be something that makes somebody else extremely uncomfortable. And they don't want to be around it. Yeah. And that's okay. And it took me a long time to realize that's okay. When people walk out of the shows, that's because they weren't ready for this. This isn't what they expected. Whatever it is, they just don't find it funny. That's on them. Hmm. I can only share my truth, and my truth is this truth. And there are people that do appreciate that. So certainly, you know, my view of comedy, how I wrote very much changed because I was trying to cope with like post 9-11 backlash and all the things that happened. Hmm. So last question for you. Um, what does humor or comedy, however you want to phrase it, give you that you find nowhere else that you're really grateful for? Oh, wow. Um, comedy gives me selfishly a rush I can't get from anywhere else. Like the the high I feel when I get get off stage is unbelievable. It's it's being able to connect with so many human beings at the same time hmm. in this really beautiful way. That's so incredible. And also the another thing it gives me is the ability to reach people who sometimes need to be reached. And I don't want to say that in a way that's um, arrogant or anything, but I get emails from people or people come up to me after shows and they tell me how much something I wrote. Uh, something I performed meant to them and why it meant something to them. Like my fans don't often just send me letters that are a few sentences. They usually go on for a few paragraphs because it's deeply personal. And I don't know if I could reach people any other way uh, and with the same impact. I mean, comedy has provided me that. It's it's given me a greater connection to so many different human beings. And it also has helped you connect with your family, I'm sure. I mean, it's, yeah, it seems absolutely. like it. My brother and I grew up laughing. My yeah. brother and I coped with stuff laughing. We watched TV laughing. We we dealt with being like fat brown kids and not necessarily being seen as popular. We dealt with that together. You know, my family. You know, we 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 definitely used comedy for that reason. I mean, we didn't see it as, we didn't see it as comedy or humor. It's just <laughs> the way we were. Yeah, you know, there was no name for it. This is just the way we were. Hari Kundabolu is a stand-up comedian and writer. His stand-up albums, Waiting for 2042 and Mainstream American Comic, are absolutely hilarious. I didn't think I could love a comic as much as I love my future husband, Louis C.K., until I listened to Hari. 
Creating Our Own Lives is produced by Maya Terrell, Chris Hegel, and Trent Gillis, and is an On Being Studios production. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. And leave us a review on iTunes. It matters more than you think. I'm Lily Percy. Thanks for listening. Yeah, smarty pants, France phenomenon. Little bit of this, little dance to some man. Right man, wrong man, white man, calm man, brown man, black man, dope man, crack man, coke man, stack man, stack man, zap man, dumb man, running man, running on the track man. Gunning for your money like a tax man, hungry, trying to eat like Pac-Man.